0: This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. So good to be with you for another week. And uh, got some exciting news to kick off the week for you all. Uh if you've been on the fence on whether or not to subscribe to the sentinel let's say you're a regular listener of district sentinel radio on all our free streams and you've been debating whether or not you want to become a subscriber well uh we might have just made it worth your while Uh, we have teamed up with means tv to offer you a promo where if you subscribe to the sentinel to our Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel, $5 a month. If you subscribe at the, at least the $5 a month level, you will get a promo code to get a free month of means TV. Free month of means TV for all new signups at patreon.com slash district sentinel. And if you have been a loyal subscriber to the sentinel, if you're a subscriber right now, and you would like to take advantage of this uh, promotion, you can as well. I sent out a, uh, a Patreon message to all the patrons that includes the subscription code to get a free month at Means TV. That also includes if you are a Means TV subscriber and a patron of the Sentinel and didn't get your free month, you can claim it now by punching uh, in this code. Um, after your free month, you can... Uh, Email the, uh, I've all the, I've got all the message in the information in the message that you should have gotten if you signed up or are a subscriber to our Patreon. But once you get a means TV subscription, you have it for a month for free. After that, if you want to renew it, it costs $10 a month or whatever you can afford as low as $0 a month. You're just going to have to contact the means TV people. The, uh, their contact information is included in the message, uh, and work something out with them. But uh, lots of good stuff on Means TV that you can watch uh, for free now by subscribing to uh, the District Sentinel on Patreon. What do you think of that, Sam?
1: I think that's a fantastic deal. Yeah. You're yeah. Uh, you're losing out if you don't do this. It's a, it's frankly, quite frankly, it's costing you money to not subscribe to our Patreon right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. You, you'd get... By subscribing to our Patreon right now, you'd get all our podcasts, you get all our bonus content, and you'd get our Thursday Means Morning News show on Means TV and all the other stuff that Means TV has up there. And I know they've got uh, some pretty exciting projects involving the Street Fight guys, involving the Trillbillies that are going to be rolled out. So Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Sign up now. Get your Means TV subscription as well. Um, good thing we're starting things off with some good news, because uh, last week I uh, talked about how happy I was to see, or well, I shouldn't say how happy I was, I talked about how I was looking forward Friday afternoon to just sitting on the couch and watching some baseball, uh, despite knowing that we absolutely should not be playing baseball, because we as a country are a failed state, a plague nation that doesn't deserve sports right now, and that's being proven true uh, here a few days later, um, looks like Major League Baseball is dealing with a total crisis. We've got an outbreak, a COVID outbreak, on the Marlins team. Uh, there are questions of how exposed the Phillies have been, questions about the Yankees who'd be occupying the dugout that the Marlins were just in. So two games have been postponed, uh, and we're awaiting tests back from other players, but... Um, <laughs> They should just shut this whole thing down. Shut it down until we can figure out what the hell's going on here. We've got NASCAR. NASCAR is going on just fine. People can cope with NASCAR for the remaining uh, few months of whatever, and then uh, just just deal with it. Let's bring back the baseball players to play video games, and we'll watch that shit again. <laughs> but looks uh, like you might go- be
1: uh you might be getting into hockey after all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see if that goes on. Did they do the bubble with the NHL? I don't know if they did the bubble with the NHL.
1: I think they were planning on doing some sort of bubble-like thing, but uh, quite frankly, I haven't been reading the uh, reports on it. So, I I know the the puck is supposed to drop on Saturday. I should probably read up on that um, because I'm already ready for hockey to
0: start again. Yeah. Well, the NBA has been doing a bubble and it's been working. Uh, they did tests on all the players and not a single player came back positive. Of course, an ex- it's extremely costly, labor intensive, resource intensive thing to have hundreds and hundreds of players, staff, coaches, support staff, all sequester- sequestered and taking daily tests You know, a lot of people can't have access to tests. And when they do get tested, they don't get the results back for a week. Somehow the NBA has got a deal where everybody's getting tested every single day and they're getting the results back later that day. Um, Not sure if completing the NBA season has been worth all of these resources that have gone into uh, creating the bubble. But baseball didn't have a bubble and it's already shown to not work at all. Football's not having a bubble. I don't see any way they're gonna have a football season if baseball is struggling to have this uh going on. I just you know, it was uh it was it was the uh the pitcher here uh, on the Nats, the uh god damn it, why can't I remember his name? The closer. Uh Sean Sean
1: Doolittle.
0: Yeah, Sean Doolittle. You know, when he talked a few weeks ago about like sports are reward for a a functioning society um we are not a functioning society right now
1: yeah i don't get um how the english premier league has managed to finish out its season without a major outbreak because the uk is not really a functional society although at least it, I mean, they do it, they do have an, a national health service which is uh, a probably yeah not probably definitely helps them deal with this uh much better than we can even even if the, it is run by a bunch of inbred Tory uh, I mean compared morons. to the rest of Europe yeah they're pretty backwards
0: but compared to the United States they have a far more functioning society uh when it comes to healthcare and and doing something about this pandemic I'm not that doesn't Suggest that they've done a good job because they clearly haven't. The UK is like third or fourth in the world uh, in terms of infection rates, um, but the US is first by a lot, by a fucking ton. Uh, we clearly just we don't have it, um, and you know we're amid this uprising against police violence and racism and capitalism, and just a just a reminder of why all of this is necessary. Uh, Shadow. Uh, producer Matt, who told us, who I guess you know raised the flag about this a week or so ago, that the Bureau of Prisons at the Department of Justice, which had been reporting uh, deaths at prisons from COVID nineteen, had suddenly just stopped reporting deaths. Well, uh, it looks like they've resumed back reporting deaths, uh, which I guess is good. That, this that they're not suppressing these numbers. It's awful. But if you just go to the Bureau of Prisons press release page, it's the it's the darkest fucking thing you'll ever see. It's press release after press release about death, whether it's uh, an inmate dying of COVID-19 in jail, or whether it's uh, we've now resumed federal execution. So there's press releases about people being executed. Literally every single press release from the Bureau of Prisons has dealt with death. Scrolling back for months, scroll down months of press releases for the Bureau of Prisons, and it's all death. In case you're wondering what role prisons serve in our society today, they're pretty much extermination centers. That's the only news coming out of our federal prison system is people dying. Really depressing Uh
1: shit. What a day. What a society!
0: Yeah, <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the the main events of the show yet here, so uh, I guess let's let's just get into it. It's Fully Monday. Jokerfied here. Yeah, it's Monday, July twenty seventh, twenty twenty. Here's the news.
1: There are only four days now until the expiration of vital welfare programs passed by Congress in the March stimulus bill. Pandemic unemployment insurance runs out on Friday. Federal rules protecting millions from eviction also sunset at the end of the week. They're estimated to protect some 12 million people from getting kicked out of their apartments for not being able to make rent. But Republicans only finalized their stimulus round two proposal today with four days left. The package is expected to be introduced this evening in the Senate by Mitch McConnell It's now looking like pandemic unemployment insurance will definitely expire this week, and when it's up and running again, it will be markedly less generous than it has been. Possibly the only thing keeping this country from completely disintegrating is now being disrupted. There are about 32 million people who are unemployed right now. Into the cool zone we go, or I should say further into the cool zone we go. Is it further or farther? I can't remember right now, actually, but it's, it's one or the other. But The cool
0: zone doesn't care. We're just in it.
1: <laughs> the cool zone is uh, not so much a physical zone, which is what those two, uh, one of those two words uh, is specific to directional usage, but the cool zone is metaphysical, so correct. It doesn't matter. As expected, the total cost of Republicans' package is about 1 trillion dollars, 2 trillion less than what House Democrats passed months ago in their bill, the Heroes Act. We've already discussed on numerous occasions how Dems' package is shitty, but Republicans is definitely worse as being reported widely this morning. The GOP is looking to slash pandemic unemployment insurance to $200 per week from $600. Dems want to extend the program until January. Also, Republicans want the weekly $200 payments to be temporary until states can establish a system whereby people are paid 70% of the pre-pandemic wages. The administration and its hardline allies have argued that $600 per week encourages people to stay home, which is part of the point on account of the highly infectious pandemic with no cure. The coronavirus itself is also keeping commercial activity down for numerous reasons. For example, and this is anecdotal, but I personally haven't walked into a corner store for potato chips since early March, despite the fact this is something I greatly enjoy doing, and that's because as good as potato chips are, death is worse. But there hasn't been enough of it for Republicans, so they're trying to cut emergency assistance, offering a critical lifeline to 32 million or so people. If they want pandemic assistance to pay less than what many Americans make, maybe they should consider raising the federal minimum wage from poverty levels. I don't know. One silver lining to Republicans' proposal, they're not looking to let eviction protections expire, the moratorium on evictions from properties with federally backed mortgages. According to the Chicago Tribune, White House advisor Larry Kudlow said of, the, said of the moratorium, quote, we will lengthen it. He didn't say exactly for how long. Republicans also look set to throw people a few more crumbs, just like they did in the spring with the Trump bucks. The party also backs sending people another $1,200 check. And I can only assume that, too, will be accompanied by a letter... ...from the president with his signature because he cannot actually sign the check himself. So he will definitely make sure that you get his signature uh, in the mail, in a letter.
0: Left-wing Democrats are once again asking their presidential nominee, Joe Biden, to support Medicare for All. Weeks after the so-called Unity Commission between Biden and Sanders supporters failed to produce Medicare for All as a plank in the Biden campaign... Now, more than 350 delegates to the upcoming Democratic National Convention have signed a pledge saying they will oppose any platform that doesn't include Medicare for All. The pledge notes the ongoing public health catastrophe in the U.S., it notes the massive job losses that have resulted in millions losing their employer-provided health insurance, and it notes the growing popularity of Medicare for All. The petition was signed, organized primarily by delegates supporting Sanders. Several outlets have reported that the individuals behind the pledge, though, have made clear that they're still supporting Biden in November and that their efforts are solely directed at influencing the platform, which, let's face it, is a mostly meaningless document. In other words, the delegates have already lost their leverage by promising to not withhold their vote. The DNC convention is three weeks away and will mostly be held online, though there will be some events taking place in Milwaukee. Delegates were instructed not to come to the city and that they could cast their votes remotely. Joe Biden has repeatedly stated his opposition to Medicare for All, most recently during an interview with healthcare activist Addie Barkin, who suffers from ALS. Biden claimed during that interview that he just doesn't want to take away people's choice to keep their private health insurance plans. According to a poll from April released by The Hill and Harris X polling firm, 69% of Americans support Medicare for All. Very nice indeed. That includes 88% of Democrats and 49% of Republicans. Joe Biden, though, is standing with health insurance executives. Instead of the more than two-thirds of the country, nine-tenths of people in his own party and half of the Republican Party
1: who support Medicare for All. It's a disgrace. A U.S. diplomatic facility in China was closed today as relations deteriorate between the two countries. The latest round of tensions was started last week by the Trump administration after it closed the Chinese consulate in Houston. U.S. officials claimed the facility was being used by the Chinese government for economic espionage. On Friday, China responded, ordering the closure of the U.S. consulate in Chengdu. This morning, staff at the facility lowered the flag and left. Interestingly, it sounds like they think they will never be returning. The mission posted a photo montage on Twitter saying in Chinese, per CNN, quote, today we bid farewell to the U.S. Consulate General in Chengdu. We will miss you forever. The consulate was opened in 1985. The State Department said in a statement that the facility there was used, quote, at the center of our relations with the people in Western China, including Tibet, for 35 years, When U.S. officials vacated the premises, they were booed by crowds, as the BBC noted. Chinese officials were also jeered in Houston when forced to leave their consulate. Surely this won't escalate beyond the point of no return. Not in an election year featuring a senile fascist incumbent and a senile neoliberal challenger who has urged his opponent to be more aggressive towards China. No, this won't escalate beyond the point of no return. This is totally fine. I feel just fine.
0: And finally, the Government Accountability Office issued a report on Monday showing just how hostile architecture and design at public schools is to the disabled. GAO investigators found that two-thirds of public school districts had facilities with barriers that would limit the activities of people with disabilities. And this just isn't a problem with education, as public school facilities serve a number of other purposes in the community, including as voting centers. Although the Americans with Disabilities Act requires schools to accommodate disabled people, there is some latitude in the law that gives facilities discretion. For example, accommodations that would cause undue financial or administrative burdens or threaten or destroy the historical significance of a certain property don't have to be undertaken. GAO reported that at each of the 55 schools it went to, it identified barriers for people with disabilities. They include things like lack of accessible signage, assembly stages that require steps, doors that are difficult to use, and ill-equipped restrooms. And it's a problem that's actually Getting worse as the school shootings pandemic has led to the hardening of facilities. The government watchdog found new features like double door vestibules that could trap people in wheelchairs and security lock boxes protruding from walls that could be obstacles for blind people. The report identified a new tension within school districts between making schools more accessible and making them more defended against mass shooters. Reading from the report, quote, Several district officials described special funding initiatives and grants to allow for security upgrades even when the district lacked funding for accessibility upgrades and other improvements, end quote. The report adds that some district officials noted that parental support for school boards to enhance the safety and security of school facilities increases after incidents of gun violence in schools are in the news, end quote. Budget constraints are also leading schools to push accommodation further down the list behind things that are necessary to even make the buildings work, like roofing and heating improvements. The report noted, quote, an estimated 70% of districts had large-scale renovations, small-scale upgrades, or accessibility evaluations planned in the next three calendar years, but frequently cited funding constraints as a challenge to these efforts. GAO went on to blame the Justice Department, which shares a role with the Department of Education to enforce the ADA within schools. The watchdog called on DOJ to issue guidelines to schools to remove barriers to people with disabilities. The report states that, quote, justice officials told us via email that the department does not take a position on our recommendations, end quote. and that's the newscast for today that music means it's time to move on to the poetry portion of the show where we read haiku for all our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel this first one goes out to joseph told the dog it's time to pay their fair share in rent it just looked at me
1: thank you joseph this is for clint Outside is too hot. There are no inside parties. It's the best summer. Thank you, Clint.
0: Finally, this is for Christopher. Well things are quite bad, at least we have baseball. Now let me take a sip.
1: Thank you, Christopher.
0: Yes, thank you, Christopher. And thanks to all the new subscribers. That's patreon.com slash district sentinel. And once again, if you subscribe right now or in the near term, you get a free month subscription to Means TV as well. That's the show for today. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new newscast. We're here in D.C. so you don't have to be.